Hello, and welcome to Business Owners Unite, the podcast where we explore the challenges, successes, and lessons learned from those who have navigated the exciting yet complex world of business ownership. Whether you're just starting out or you're a seasoned entrepreneur, this podcast is for you to help, inspire, and guide you on your business journey. So let's get started and unite the world of business owners, one story at a time. Welcome everyone to the Business Owners Unite podcast. My name is Kyle. Today I'm sitting with Kyle Roman, who is a, I'm not going to say guru. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not a guru. He's a Qigong practitioner. Yeah. Yeah, um, and teacher. I, I said master before and I was corrected. So they're very particular in the Qigong space and community. So apologies for that. But I'm really excited to chat today because we've been having a great tea ceremony here at Carl's Space here in the Sunshine Coast. You can see the the beautiful bush behind us, and it's been a wonderful conversation. So thank you so much, Carl, for agreeing to do this. I'm excited to chat today. Maybe for the people who don't know who you are in your background, you can give us a quick rundown of who you are and, and what you do, and we'll go from there. Thanks, Carl. Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity to be here and share a bit of tea and talk a bit about what I do in the Qigong space. And as I reflected, I'm definitely not a master. <laughs> the masters are very particular about their title and so I'm just a humble student and I share the practice of what has influenced my life so much which which really reflects some incredible intelligence and ancient wisdom in Qigong and I just share some of the tools that I've received and have learned and we're going to have a bit of a chat about that today. Yeah, fantastic. It's actually been really nice to be able to have this tea ceremony. We have been talking for almost two hours, I reckon, already. So we're going to see how much more we can talk about. But the tea ceremony for me was a really nice practice of appreciating what you're putting into your body and taking the time to think about and meditate on just the fact that we are taking in something that is much older, not just in terms of the actual tea itself, but the culture behind that and the practice. And that was quite for me, it was definitely something that I really appreciated being guided through. And it's the first time I've done a tea ceremony. So it was a lot of fun. I found it very impactful. So that was, yeah, I guess just thank you for that. That was great. Yeah, beautiful. I love sharing the tea and the rich history and traditions and cult cultures that this practice comes from and mm. really a way to connect into presence and honor the all of the hands that have been involved in cultivating and mm. creating this powerful plant medicine and drink that we consume. It's how do we deepen our sensitivity and awareness and respect and connection to the process of yeah. consuming such a, a wise plant. Yeah. You were saying to me before, when you were explaining the tea ceremony, that the tea tree has some of the deepest, is it taproot system, which is... It's reaching into all the minerals and the knowledge of the soil and inter interacting with the microbes and the, the fungi and all the richness of the earth. So there's definitely a kind of a, a plant intelligence, would you say? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of an array of intelligent plants. All plants are intelligent in some way, but the, the fact that there's a rich connection and culture and history and tradition to, to this particular plant. I think speaks to our curiosity of, of the intelligence that is, is captured and nurtured and held by this particular tree. And so the, all of the teas that, that we consume and that exist in the world, all of the different varieties, there's all sorts of endless 
number of varieties in different categories of white and green and red and black and pues and all sorts of different ways that the leaves are prepared and dried and curated and aged and there's mm. all sorts of different processes that it can go through but they all come from the same tree well they all come from the same plant there's just many different ways to prepare it and some of the oldest trees are, are thousands of years old and they they sit on some auspicious kind of wow. side of a mountain and and it's very similar to wine in terms of the quality of the tea that you get from a different tree is going to have a distinct characteristic and imprint and is valued in different wow. ways. Yeah. And uh, yeah, some of the root systems, as you were mentioning, are tapping into wisdom in the earth that that is reached by no other plant that we consume. Wow. So we're receiving some kind of information and intelligence mm. from deeper layers in the earth by consuming this incredible plant. Wow. I didn't know that tea trees could be thousands of years old. That's incredible. And it's a really, uh, for me, that's a really clear way of explaining it in terms of it having a similar culture or appreciation as wine. Because the Western world, we have such a culture around wine, don't we? And tea is such a, in the Eastern world, especially China and Japan, I know a lot of um, Southeast Asian countries as well and India have a millennia old culture around tea. So it's really interesting to hear that it goes back that far or that it has that massive culture around it. Super fascinating. I'm definitely appreciative of being brought into this world. So <laughs> thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, my pleasure. And it really, what I love about it and what has integrated its way into mm. my life is the ritual, the practice yeah. of it every day. And I have my own morning daily practice with qigong and it really merges seamlessly and beautifully with that nice. practice yeah awesome. yeah which makes a lot of sense to me energetically because they come from the same source they mm. come from the same root body of wisdom from the same lands yeah that are, that are also many thousands of years old and intertwined with uh taoism and buddhism and even Confucianism as well. And so these beautiful bodies of philosophy and traditions and belief systems all weave into the tea. They all wow. have found their way in, into the practice of this ceremony somehow. And yeah. so there's something in the intelligence and the wisdom of that that really merges beautifully with the wisdom of Qigong, yeah. Yeah, which is also many thousands of years old. Super interesting. How did you get into all this? What was your journey of getting into Qigong and obviously the philosophy that comes with it. I've always been intrigued and a student of culture and I'm just fascinated endlessly with like human culture around the planet and the histories of it. And, yeah. and I've spent my adult life traveling and living all over the world. Yeah, you, you've lived a lot of places from our conversations, man. Yeah. I, I have, yeah. <laughs> and there's, there's a fascination and a curiosity with different cultures and I think they reveal lenses of mm. being able to look at ourselves more deeply as well and the cultures that have informed us as individuals and as collective societies like they're transparent layers that we can peel back and mm. understanding ourselves and how we fit into the world and so i'm always i've always been curious and uh, fascinated by different cultures and i studied a bit of cultural anthropology at university oh, wow. and that just deepened my tools to intrigue me and create more of a romantic 
relationship with the curiosity and the playfulness of, of learning more about different cultures. Yeah, yeah. And so with some of that background, I, I, I used to be quite physically active when I was young and played a lot of sport and also did some martial arts. And as I got older, I realized that the same intensity of physical activity just wasn't really serving my body in the mm. same way. And, yeah. and my body was speaking to me and letting me know mm. to slow down a little yeah. bit and not have quite the same level of intensity and output as I once did. And I was meditating a lot around a similar time in my mid-30s when when my body was really getting more impacted from intense physical yeah. competitive sport. And then I'd done a bit of yoga before, but it hadn't really landed for me at sure. the time. Yeah. I, I found it a little bit not quite intense enough. Mm. I still had more energy to yeah. to output. Yeah. And but this when I came back around at a at a later age, the yoga really landed for me and really connected seamlessly with the meditation. And then I just dove much deeper into it mm. and started to inquire and understand and into the history of the tradition and that fascination of culture and curiosity really opened up another layer and another door of what is this? What's it about? There's a lot of, there's a lot of wisdom and a lot of history and a lot of philosophy embedded into yeah. the physical practice. And so that really enticed me to deepen my relationship with the practice and continually learn more and more. It's a whole universe of, of mm. mystery of information. And that's really what drew me into it and begin my kind of relationship and love affair with the practice and the fact that it comes from an incredibly rich, uh, deep layered human culture. Yeah. Yeah. And so I journeyed with yoga for many years and then uh, did some teacher trainings. And in one of those teacher trainings, I, not to my awareness when I committed to it, but I just wanted to keep learning and I didn't really have any intentions of teaching it at all. I just, it was an, an avenue to keep learning sure. more about. Yeah. The, the curiosity practice. led you there. and Exactly. Yeah. That's right. And then in this teacher training, it was a month long immersion run by a couple who run a school called now it's called one movement okay. here in Milan and and they were just really inspiring teachers and she taught hatha yoga and he taught this particular lineage of qigong oh cool called calligraphy health system which is from a lineage of what's carried in australia by a master called master yang and so he was a student of master yang's and Unbeknownst to me, I was going into this teacher training to learn more about yoga, but it actually opened up a whole door to this other body of wisdom related to Qigong. Okay. And so yoga obviously coming from the Vedas and the the history and lineages in India. Yeah. And Qigong's really coming from Taoism and Buddhism in, yeah. in China. Wow. And they're both complete physical, mental, spiritual practices. Mm. Yeah. That as soon as I touched the Qigong, as soon as we started doing it in the course, my body just connected and lit wow. up and there was a deep ancient memory in my body somewhere that just went, wow, I've done this before. Wow. And this was, this is the practice I've been 
looking for oh really? and i didn't even know that was there yeah and my body told me very clearly and communicated in a really really strong way that this is the practice i'm ready for and it combined many different aspects of different modalities that i had explored over many years and it brought them all into one beautiful seamless art and it, it's a in, from my understanding and, and experience of it it's become just an all-in-one complete practice yeah well which which touches on many different aspects of of physical mental spiritual being yeah it's like that trinity of the mind body spirit connection it seems that eastern philosophies and, and practices have really kept in, t- in touch with that and i think the, the western world is as we were talking about before we started recording it's like slowly catching up to this world of that sacred connection yeah, that's right. And I think the beauty of this practice is the learning is in your own experience. Mm. All of the wisdom is starts revealing and unlocking the layers of, of intelligence as you explore in your own physical practice. So it's not about reading it or studying it or listening to somebody else tell you about it. It's about the physical embodied experience of the intelligence of what this practice actually contains mm. and all of the learning is in the doing yeah and that really resonates for me on many levels and so there's many pieces to why the practice of this of this art really has landed for me in such a rich way and it touched me so much and transformed my own life i just naturally wanted to share it with friends and family and so it just naturally came out and yeah, fantastic. Because there was a space for it. Mm. And the idea, even though I am qualified and have the piece of paper that says I'm a yoga instructor, I don't feel any urge or desire to be a yoga teacher in any way. It doesn't feel like there's a, a need for me yeah. in the collective for, to offer anything. There's a million and one yoga teachers that are much more experienced and and established or present. And it doesn't feel like there's anything for me to add to that conversation. Okay. So far, yeah. not suggesting I have have a barrier around that at all, but it just yeah. I can feel intuitively that there, it doesn't really feel like there's a need for me to add to that landscape at all. But the Qigong, it's just it's such a beautiful art and practice, and there's not many spaces to access it. Yeah, and I was going to say because I have heard of Qigong, but I don't think I've ever uh, had the ability to go to. A, I don't know if you would call it a, a class or if like, I've, I've never personally, but yoga plenty of times. Yoga's everywhere. Yeah. Um, and so they're very similar, but obviously from different kind of backgrounds and different, uh, but very, would you say very shared philosophies in a way? They just come from different complete bodies of wisdom. Yeah. So there's some similarities in terms of, <clears throat> you could draw some comparisons in terms of the fact that it's rooted in a much bigger broader understanding of how we are located as a human being in a much greater context of life and the traditions that they come from go incredibly deep into how our our own complete understanding of Mm. what life is and who we are and what we're doing here and how we fit into a much greater context of Mm. the world and the universe and everything like it, it it extends to that extent, yeah. but they just come from different bodies of wisdom. Gotcha. And, yeah. And yeah. And so the, the physical practice 
is a manifestation through those philosophies yeah. of how do we keep our body and mind clear and clean so that we can be as complete and true a being as we're here to be yeah. as a moment in time that we have as our consciousness in this vessel of the body how do we keep it as clear and as present as we possibly can and so these two two different modalities come from different bodies of wisdom but they essentially have the same intention to achieve that gotcha that process i believe yeah nice it's interesting i'm excited to learn more about this and i know that we've known each other for probably about a year and and a bit now and i know that our journeys in that year have been very diverse but it's cool to come back and reconnect especially over the totes kind of project i thought maybe we could talk a little bit about that if that's okay because this is quite an exciting project in terms of being able to share this modality or this practice with a broader community and reach an exponential number of people through the online world so how are you guys looking to facilitate that? Like, how are you looking to bring Qigong into people's lives through the good old internet? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so I've been teaching Qigong for some years now and running in-person courses for a while. And, and I've had a lot of inquiries over the last couple of years about, do you run online court classes yeah. and when are you going to do it? And so I, I've felt the, the need. Yeah. And it's about really listening deeply for me about where there's a space for for a need. Where do people want to yeah. connect with yeah. this practice and how can I help facilitate that? Mm -hmm. That's really what it's always about for me is coming back to where the space that I fit in is of calling and of service for people to connect to such a beautiful art and how it can benefit their own lives. And while I've been running uh, in-person courses, the the opportunity and the possibility of, of offering something online has just been niggling away in the background <laughs> for me for, for a while. And as I said, every time I put out a course, someone or a handful of people will, will always ask, oh, I can't make this in person. When are you doing online stuff? Or yeah. have you got online stuff? Yeah, so yeah. it's the way the world's going. It is, and I, I wouldn't say I've avoided it, but I, I haven't put my full attention and energy into it because I still really value the in-person yeah, opportunity. Absolutely. Teach. And in-person, sorry to interrupt, no. I, I think in-person is so important because you there is something like us talking today that is difficult to replicate on an online conversation. Like you, you get those in-person, the kind of, what do you call this, the non-verbal communication, picking up other people's body language and their eye contact and all of that, and even their energy to a certain extent, Absolutely. you can really pick that up. However, you can reach such a, a broad community online nowadays. So it's important, I think, to just like Eastern philosophy teaches us to walk that middle path. It's good to do both, but probably not lean too much in one way or the other, if I can say that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I completely agree. And that's what came into clarity for me through some of my experience of different learning containers was... One of the reasons I'd, I'd not gotten around to it was my relationship and priority of what the in-person energetics of the learning experience can, can be like. And, but I've come to realize and accept and embrace that the online space isn't there to duplicate it or replicate it, and it won't, but it's a different tool set. It's a different Definitely. space 
to share some really beautiful information mm. and beautiful tools if it's using the technology to its strengths and not trying to push against its weaknesses. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I've experienced personally in some different containers where the power of using those tools to their strengths is a wonderful opportunity that we have in the modern world. And, Absolutely. And so not me shifting my mindset of understanding and embracing that. I'm not trying to replicate what I might be doing in an in-person group course, but I'm creating a, a different course that is designed for the online space. Exactly. And, and utilising it with its strengths and not against it. Absolutely. And so having been marinating with that for some time of what that would look like, I, I've been sitting with the refinement of offering online courses for probably a couple of years now and getting closer to putting something out there. But as that was happening, I met uh, a couple of other inspiring individuals that were moving in a similar direction of they running their own incredibly rich, powerful modalities and tools for helping people come into their bodies yes. and embodiment practices. And I've explored a lot of these different embodiment practices. And so I really believe and don't feel like there's any one way of, of tuning into these mm. powerful tools that help us come into presence. I think in the modern world, we're very fortunate to have access to all of these incredible ancient practices that are coming back to life. Yeah. And so we can pick and choose which ones resonate for us. Mm. And what really landed for me in this new collaboration opportunity was the shared custodianship of a new online temple space where Phoenix and Christina also bring their incredibly rich uh, paths of tools and skill sets to creating an online offering and we're doing it in collaboration. And yeah. I love collaborating. I love co-creating because you don't know what the magic and the potential of what's there is until you find a combination of ingredients that is only possible when you yes. come together with a unique constellation of others. That's it, man. Yeah. Yep. To co-create something new that can only be birthed in that unique constellation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and so there was a beautiful intuitive energetics that brought us together and felt only possible with the three of us working Fantastic. together and yeah. we all bring a different set of skills and life tools that is co-creating this new container awesome. awesome and so we're just finishing off the first stages of it now but i'm really excited to have a vehicle and a really aligned space for me to be able to offer some more online this was a great interview and really cool to be able to do it in the Australian rainforest out in his space. Unfortunately, our interview got cut because our equipment overheated in the Australian heat. It was one of the hottest days of the year, but I hope that you guys enjoyed the interview. Thank you so much to Carl Broman for coming on to the Business Owners Unite podcast. If you want to check out Totes or the Temple of the Embodied Spirit, please do support these guys on Patreon. They've launched as of the 12th of February, 2024. And it's a fantastic initiative. Carl and Phoenix are two of the most passionate people in helping people heal through alternative practices. Thanks so much, Carl, and everyone for listening and stay tuned for the next episode.
And that brings us to the end of another episode of Business Owners Unite. Thank you for spending this time with us and being a part of our growing community of entrepreneurs. If you liked what you heard, please show your support by subscribing and leaving a review on your platform of choice. Your feedback helps us grow and continue to bring you valuable content. Remember, your business journey is unique, and we're here to support you every step of the way. Stay tuned for more inspiring stories in our upcoming episodes. 